Hello, welcome to another weekly news podcast at Azure Centric. We are in 2021, so this is the second episode of the year. Now we get back to the normal type of the updates. We are no longer in holidays and we can reflect that in, in the updates. Uh, but first of all, let me thank, thanks uh, in this case, Andrew, for being my partner in crime on this, on this funny, <laughs> funny afternoons that we have. <laughs> it's been an adventure, but it's, it's good because it, it goes to show you that, uh, you know, no matter what you plan on happening, yeah. uh, reality will kick in and do what it wants. Anyways. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, and just shows that this is not nothing um, scripted. Uh, it just basically depends on what is that Azure is being updated on that week. And that's the beauty of, of doing a weekly podcast. So we never know what you're going to talk about it. Um, for mm -hmm. me, it helps me a lot because now I know that I'm up to date with all the fixtures and, and updates that Azure release. And this is the best thing that this podcast did to me. Besides now, mm. I have schedule on my agenda that I can speak geekness with you for at least an hour. And it is. Yeah. And we're we're very lucky because we're very uh, honored, very uh, what's, humbled. humbled. Um, yeah. You know, we're very glad that other people tune in. So thank you for tuning in. And whether you join us on YouTube through video or uh, SoundCloud or any of the podcasts. And I think you did some work here. Uh, on, uh, you've got Azure centric up on Apple podcasts yes. now as well. Yeah, right? And on Google yeah. as well. So, so you can follow us on any platform. There is no excuse to follow us or to listen to us. <laughs> I should follow you. I, you're right, <laughs> you should follow the example because <laughs> I'm following us. So <laughs> I do you I, I do follow Azure centric on uh, YouTube uh, mostly because one of the things we do and this is the reason so every week we always ask and we say you know please uh, like it subscribe leave a comment uh, and uh, let us know what's going on because when you subscribe and you give us feedback um, we actually listen to that feedback and we want to uh, interact with everybody right so this is about uh, community absolutely and, uh, we want to hear from you exactly. so uh, go to YouTube, uh, you know, hit uh, Azure, uh, at Azure Centric on uh, Twitter. Uh, very, uh, very straightforward, right? So I'm not uh, by any stretch the king of social media. I think I get by, but <laughs> I, uh, I've been making a big effort to try and uh, interact a lot more on uh, social media. But, you know, if you're a little shy, uh, lean in, leave us a comment. And um, I'll do my part too. I feel a bit shy on social media because it's all worldwide. Uh, doing the videos for me is different because I always feel like we're doing just a conversation uh, because we've been doing this for a long time. We would just talk on Teams or Skype and, uh, you know, we feel very at home, uh, you know, just chatting between you and I. And uh, it doesn't feel too different to record it and add some screens Absolutely. and things. Uh, and then share it out with the the, the, the Azure community, yeah. right? Um, but I think it's really cool that everybody tunes in. So thank you. That's all I'm really trying to yeah. say. Thank, thank you. you so much for uh, all the support that we are that we that you guys giving us. And and again, uh, I don't want to sound sound repetitive, uh, but subscribe. Uh, just 
like us, comment, help us to just spread the word across across this. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have a new button that I, I, I'm liking very much. <laughs> I have to get the direction right. I can do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's more like it. More like it. So let's enough with <laughs> with the funny stuff right I'm now. Sorry. This is a serious podcast. Come on, come on. It's a serious podcast. It's very serious. <laughs> yes, we have a we have a very tight schedule. And it's all here, scripted. So all scripted. Oh no, no. Jokes aside, let's start with this. So, absolutely. So there was a new VM uh, released this past yes, week, right? Absolutely. What is the VM, Andrew? Oh, ah, look at that. Now it's up perfect. So uh, NCAS T4 V3 series VMs are now generally available. And these ones were really cool. Um, when this one came out, I got a little bit excited about it because this one is really built very specifically with the NVIDIA GPUs. Yes. Um, that, by the way, the, the, the T4 GPUs from NVIDIA have uh, 16 gigs of memory each. Um, and the VM comes bundled with four of those NVIDIA GPUs. And we use those, uh, the video processing units specifically for processing machine learning and artificial yeah. intelligence, yeah. right? Um, and it's, it, there's a lot of underlying technologies that are really built on top of this. And, you know, we've talked at length about different things that are uh, utilizing yeah. that. Certainly when we think about um, Azure Monitor, Azure Sentinel, a lot of different products uh, even a lot of the uh, Office 365 stack uh, built on top of a lot of AI. And I think uh, there might be some updates later this uh, podcast, but I know previously we've talked about different chatbots yeah. and definitely chatbots using a lot of machine learning and yeah. AI to interact with us, exactly. uh, us humans. What I like about these VMs is they are really built for, uh, like you said, machine learning and AI. Because they are mm -hmm. up to 64 non-multi-threaded. And this is going mm -hmm. forward with something that we already discussed over here on the podcast. That is the, the tight partnership with AMD and Azure. So this is our the okay. Epic 7v12, the Rome processor cores. But they are not yeah, multi-threaded. So, and that shows that because they are not multi-threaded, they are... Uh, leveraging the four, it's not only one or two, it's four NVIDIA T4, 16, 16 yeah. gigs each. So we're talking about, in this case, uh, 64 gigs of GPU, of computing GPU, uh, on a non-multi-thread, mm -hmm. because if we want GPU, we don't need multi-thread uh, on, the, on the CPU in this case, right? Uh, but although yeah. these VMs are only available on a few regions, so West US, West Europe, and and Korea Central, no Canada. Yeah, and West Florida. US two. Yes, right? so, West yes. US two. West US two. West US two. So I know there was some uh, uh, spats last year, a little bit of hiccups, let's say, um, about uh, resource availability with West US versus West US exactly. two. Um, I do believe that that has been resolved now. Um, I haven't seen anything uh, update-wise on those uh, kind of tightness for resources. And I think, um, you know, we've talked about it before. 
but Microsoft has done an amazing job of moving ahead and really deploying a lot of physical resources um, in their data centers to support the huge growth yeah. in Azure. Yeah. And, uh, you know, along with the huge growth, that's part of why um, we do these updates. And, you know, before we were doing a weekly podcast and recording it, we were still talking and uh, we would talk about the different new things because our life is really revolving around uh, Azure a lot of times. It's uh, where we uh, do most of our work and it's where we do uh, a lot of our fun too, yeah. right? Like we do uh, articles, we do demos. And I know that you've been uh, releasing a few other podcasts as well with Azure-centric uh, channels. Yeah, it's a and different I series. This it's, week I saw a cool one. Yeah, right? it's different series because the idea on this podcast, uh, if you are new um, and it's the first time that you are seeing us, uh, as thank you, it's the first time I've been here. First time, it's if it's the first time. So thank you so much for you being here. Uh, but we are totally unscripted and totally informal. So the idea of on this podcast, on this series of the Azure Centric is to talk about what we can bring as a professional, me and Andrew, um, on this news and how this affect in daily our jobs, right? Uh, and how we can improve the solution that we always architect. The other, the other series, just to give a shameless plug, and, and thank you for that, Andrew. <laughs> is the it was a free lead that's no okay charge, no charge uh, i will buy a, co a beer uh, oops i should not say that because then it's it's sponsored right sponsored by it and well, you can, Andrew you can come and buy me a coffee anytime uh, i look forward to our uh, visiting restrictions being lifted exactly. because though i do love getting together with you virtually i cannot wait and uh not to hijack your cool plug for your your um your line of business uh, <laughs> podcast. line of business no we but, are just here uh, to I just, really just look spread. forward to if we hit a thousand followers um i read about this so if we hit a thousand followers with azure centric we can do live uh podcasting from mobile phone oh. so we can prop up one of our uh, fancy high-res camera phones on a picnic table and have uh, like a cheeseburger and a, and a soda or something and we can do a little podcast we can do a special azure centric weekly news live or something like that we can do some fun stuff right but eating uh, eating right now uh, a burger with minus something on the snow uh, i prefer waiting for for the summertime i would have to correct you it was plus five plus five uh... <laughs> just to see i just went to walk the dog and uh, in the morning and i'm here at at the office uh, working and and now recording so just just to give an idea well this is true this is true so before i took us down uh, our special edd journey here today <laughs> uh you were going to tell us about a really cool uh podcast you did release this week and you have some other adventures with azure centric going on as yeah well, right? so the podcast is only this right i i, I do have a kind of uh create what's called the concept series that is, it's very short, um, and usually it's just me um, that I'm going over some of the co concepts. It will help them. It will help everyone. On this case, it help you if you want to uh, go deeper on any of those concepts. Uh, just tune that that specific uh, subject, and you and you can have more information about it. Although last week I released the first tutorial. 
and apparently everyone likes it because it, again it's very much on this type of things that totally informal um the pod not the podcast the video is about it's only on on youtube so if you are listening to us i highly recommend going to see the tutorial because tutorial i need to show something and just by audio it's really difficult uh, as you can imagine um I'm not that fluent in English to just imagine are you clicking on Azure and all of that. Um, but on the video, I'm talking about creating a VM. It's one hour long video, just to give an idea. But I go on all, every single option uh, that they have. And yeah, so enough with shameless plug. I'm not here to promote the content. Just visit Azure Centric. Well, no, but uh, I just thought I thought it was good to uh, maybe do a bit of a quick uh, mention on yeah. it because it's something that uh, you put a lot of effort into. And as um, you know, uh, listeners, we may not recognize uh, sometimes how much work goes into yeah. it. But let me tell you, everybody, Marcos puts a lot of work into these things. It's not um, only me, it's you know, me and you work. in this particular uh, podcast. And as well, they put a lot of work, the Azure centric team. Because the Azure they Security, yeah, not so. Azure team, the Azure Security Center, uh, it's very word. Uh, Azure Security Center, they put a lot of uh, effort as well, and as you can see on these December updates, so pretty cool. Yeah. So it takes them a while to go from uh, preview to uh, GA for these, right? General availability, because um, now this one's pretty rapid, I think. Yeah. But uh, there's also, uh, in terms of Security Center, this one is a smaller update. Um, that said, uh, there's some really significant things in here, right? Yeah. So um, one of the ones I know, uh, I'm going to jump down uh, on that list a couple because I get more excited about Azure Defender. <laughs> and uh, I know we were, we were talking earlier, and I can remember uh, across a couple of hours that uh, the Azure Defender is the new ATP. This is the rebrand of ATP, yeah. right? So there's a lot of power behind Azure Defender and they've added now Azure Defender for DNS and Resource Manager in preview. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that's a really powerful thing and it helps to uh, gain alerting and insights uh, because that data collecting is one thing and it's good to aggregate that within um, Azure Defender, of yeah. course, because then it becomes visible. But that's the part I get excited about is how uh, the Azure Defender teams have developed the visual reporting and the scoring to bring those higher criticality incidents up to the top for us. And it makes it a bit easier for us to find problems and identify them and then, of course, we can base alerting and incidents off of those higher uh, priority uh, challenges in the environment. Yeah, right? absolutely. So, yeah, sorry, I get excited. No, about no, that. that's okay. That's okay. What I like about these updates that it seems that they are too far away is every month they're doing these updates. So that's why at least on one podcast per month, uh, we'll talk about those and we talk about those concisely. Uh, it doesn't mean that they've been only releasing in january because this is just a resume of all the all the updates that they've been doing but w the one that i like very not one the one that i'm getting exciting as well is this new security alerts page on azure portal so mm -hmm. if you are familiar with azure portal sometimes you will see uh, something saying hey 
there is a new way to look at this or in haste way to look at this uh, again this is in preview uh, don't forget about that um so yeah that's true the importance of preview is uh you get familiar with the layout it doesn't mean that uh, you cannot use it of course you can use it but you have to think about in this particular case it's it's not the, it's not possible to deploy in in production or in dev because it's a portal is is azure you can use it but you need to remember that if they if they misplace the the thing that you are looking for it's because it's in preview okay and i have a funny story about that because i was it happens to me on several several customers and happens to me last week when i was recording my um my tutorial because while i was recording my tutorial i see exactly the same thing on virtual machines for example they say hey there oh. is a new way to deploy the virtual machine and i was recording and i clicked there for that trick myself. yes i yeah. fell for that because it's it's bigger than me right as a kick it's bigger than me so i pressed <laughs> that and i was recording the video and then i had to record the video again because you were listening like uh uh where is that oh they changed the location oh oh i was kind of um and so it's really important not to do those kind of things especially on customers so give five minutes if you want to really go up for your curiosity or do it later uh, but if you are alone and if you are like us always trying to improve yes this is a new way and and these security alerts it's really help you to just get a new page on all of those securities uh, for examples the other thing that I like, and we are not going on all of those Azure Security Center updates because there are quite few, is I think it's worth mentioning that now global administrators, they can grant themselves uh, as tenant level permissions. Uh, it's just mm -hmm. worth mentioning that because you were not enabled to do that before. Uh, you need to go on different ways to just giving the tenant. So the tenant is the biggest boundary with one tenant, you have multiple subscriptions uh, in this case. So giving yourself uh, as a global admin tenant level means that you can hook up in this case, Azure Citrix Center, Azure Security Center, uh, uh, pardon, uh, with all of those subscriptions. The other one that I like in this case, uh, I don't know if, if, if you agree with me or not, is the, the part of the recommendations. And over here, there is, I'm a huge fan of this on Azure Security Center, the recommendations, because for me, it's mm -hmm. like a guideline. So it's help you to it guide is. what it is. And the score and the secure score helps in that. Although a lot of things, it's not applicable. It's only a guide, but it's you have to see if it's applicable or not to your solution. And this yeah, case exactly. on the web well there's there's a lot of good things yeah. in there right so they have um with each dashboard they have different teams yeah. that are contributing to this and with all these great minds uh in security contributing to the secure score um personally this the way i feel is uh you know there's all these smart people they're working very hard and uh, i just have to read it and consume the information 
it takes uh, less than five minutes. I think it's maybe about two or three mm -hmm. minutes to go into Secure Score and take a look at kind of the top heavy hitters that are classed there. And the more you do it, uh, the easier it is because uh, you know you take uh, you take a little bite here and a little bite there. Yeah. And it's easier, right? It helps us. Those uh, those recommendations are there for us to improve. We can choose to ignore them when they're not applicable, and sometimes. Uh, I think this uh, this update in particular talks about the web apps requesting uh, SSL yes. certificates is no longer part of Secure Score, and that was one that was commonly uh, hidden or dismissed, yes. right? So um, I think you know when we think about that, we think you know a lot of apps they do need to have SSL wrapped around them because it's moving data. Sometimes it's personal data that's uh, maybe personally identifiable data. So we have compliance and regulations to follow with that data, securing it. But in a lot of cases, it could be just unidentifiable bulk data. Yeah. It could be um, a different IoT metrics and things like Absolutely. that. So there's some cases where we don't have to have SSL so we can optimize and reduce yeah. cost. Right? So I think I always think about buying the, the SSL certs. Uh, in fact, I was working with a client this past week about uh, implementing uh, ADFS and uh, going through the certificate requirements. I have to be honest, it's not one of my favorite things, as you may remember, <laughs> but um, certificate work is a bit fussy. It's a lot easier now than it ever has been, but uh, it's, it's expensive, it is. It right? is. It is. Um, it is so quite if, expensive. If it's something we can eliminate as an extra cost on part of an application, Maybe we can add, uh, you know, a web app firewall. And sometimes it doesn't, uh, make, it, sometimes it doesn't make sense because if you have a web app that, for example, is static and it doesn't have any confidential information, why we should place SSL? Because SSL, yes, it's secure, you're trafficking, you're encrypting, but it's, it's a website, it's static, there is no changing, there is no, besides information, um, nothing more informational data there that you want to access. So uh, it, I think putting all the uh, certificate or all the web apps or, or websites in this case as SSL um, doesn't make any sense in a lot of times. And, and this was one of the default ones. Um, yeah, it's some, something like that. But continuing what we have regarding the podcast uh, and now specifically talking about Defender, but Azure Defender for SQL uh, is being mm. uh, uh, brought to as a general availability in this case um, to SQLs particular. And what I like about this is this Azure SQL is either for virtual machines or wherever you have SQL. It means that on-prem or even on different cloud providers. It's now became GA and even uh, support of Defender for Azure Synapse uh, uh, analytics. Uh, and that mm -hmm. dedicated, of course, for SQL pools. Uh, but that is, is something that is really cool, that I think is really cool. And, and um, we need to kind of uh, getting there again as well, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, we often talk about this when we talk about security is we talk about layers, yeah. right? So that's what this is. This is a layer meant specifically for SQL, just uh, not Microsoft SQL, just 
SQL, right? So that's SQL on-prem, SQL uh, running in AWS, like you were saying, it could be anywhere, right? Um, but it brings it together, ties all that data back for specific SQL events that it's looking for. And that's a little, it's a different flavor than just Azure Defender, right? It's Azure Defender for SQL. So, uh, you know, I think of this as one of those additional layers that we put on. And uh, I just, I think it's really great. It's a huge improvement. It's going to allow better aggregation of data, better detection, and it's going to help find uh, different compromises and different things like that a little bit more efficiently, I think, overall, completely, right? Completely, completely. And, and the part that, I, yes, and the part that I, that I, I like is it's, it's attaching that to something that you already talked about, it is the ATP, the, all the effort that Microsoft is giving to the ATP. And that is the part that I see a lot of value because now it's not only the service that you have and sometimes it's extending that to the other platforms because multi-cloud is something that we need to address almost daily at least for me i i address that daily and it's 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 the extension of yes you can have very secure environment on azure without any problem but sometimes it's not only that that you need is is something else that you need to extend because um, either you protect everything or almost don't protect anything regarding the, the all the attacks and it's enough to have one SQL outside of your environment that is not protected that will probably it will be exploited they are very smart regarding that right Absolutely. So the bad guys are uh, just as smart or smarter than a lot of the security uh, architects and engineers working in different industries. But, uh, you know, these are really smart people. Absolutely. As well. So we have to respect the uh, kind of the battle and we have to just be cautious and uh, just be aware that, um, you know, they're working uh, hard at compromising us and we're working at hard. To defend against those compromises, yes. right? Um, so it's about again, you know, we have those layers, we have different considerations. But you're right; it just takes one little compromise, and uh, you know, it's the wedge, right? So they get they get one person's account, then they're going to keep working on that until they get someone else's account, till they get an admin account. Now uh, you're in some hot water because now we have uh, admin access, right? But uh, it, this is the this is the layer that's meant just for SQL. No matter where it is, you know, hybrid, uh, on-prem, off-prem, cloud, uh, Jupiter. I'm not really sure where else I can go. <laughs> We've got lots of different locations we can run this. And it's going to be specific, right? So uh, there's a lot of really cool stuff with this. And again, uh, extending the strengths of Defender. Yeah. Exactly. Moving on, we have now the, uh, the views change and scale. Uh, with application change analysis, it's now in public preview. Uh, let's start with this one saying that is public preview. So I think <laughs> that if you are already uh, one of uh, the people that are listening already, one of the usuals, uh, you know what I'm going to say in this case. Uh, but uh, if you are new, and, and again, thank you for that. Um, Public preview means that we are not in production. So it's not general availability. So you should be careful using 
uh, this because when becomes GA and we will cover that I don't know when but we will cover that um, you probably need to redeploy but in this case application change analysis I I really like about this because I I'm trying to be a little bit of a control freak in a good sense right uh, on the way that this application change allows me to audit and to see what is been changing across my platform and there are a couple of things that I want to to highlight it here one of them is and I think one of that I like uh, the most is this is a response of feedback that me you all the person using Azure Microsoft receives and is responding and they even say that that we receive strong feedback that the limitation block managing multiple resources and view change at scale so they are saying they are acknowledging that they receive feedback and this is something that mm. every single week on this podcast we are saying please even if it's in preview or if it's not in preview um, use the methods uh, if you have some difficult let us know and we'll help you with that but use the, the the normal way if you don't like it say why you don't like it if you like it but you think that is certain way some limitation yes and I'm really excited about this because this is one of the as an MVP we get a lot of feedback and we have direct access to the product group and it was one of them that I did uh, um, say to them, say, hey, you have a limitation on your application change analysis because if I have a lot of subscriptions, I have to move from one site to another. It's not practical, basically. One subscription to another, it's not practical. So now they listen to that and now they make it this way better, right? Absolutely, yeah. So uh, I think the Microsoft Teams, now I don't have your inside uh, track there, but um, one of the things that I really respect about Microsoft and the different product teams is that uh, they seem to take uh, the public view and the public opinions that are submitted uh, to heart. Oh, yeah. Very they seriously. Do something Very them, seriously. Right? Absolutely. Well, it's a big deal because these are the people buying the products and these are the people using those products and yeah. services. So they want them to be happy and buy more things, right? So this is about uh, economics a little bit, but it's also about good service and making good services and products. And uh, Azure truly uh, and honestly, we're not affiliated uh, other than, uh, you know, I'm, I'm credentialed, uh, Marcos is credentialed and Marcos is you're an MVP, but we don't uh, receive anything uh, from Microsoft. The podcast isn't funded, uh, just you and yet. I. Uh, a little bit of yet. love, some cinnamon spice and everything nice, I think they say. <laughs> but, um, you know, Microsoft really does take it yes. quite seriously, yes, right? Yes. And uh, I just, I think it's awesome because when I, when I do have an issue with something, I can submit it. Um, sometimes I, I feel a little bit, uh, you know, maybe I've been out for a walk with the dog or something. I'm feeling very positive. So I like, you know what? I want to share that. I really like the way this works. I submit that sometimes yes. too. And I think that's important because we do need to tell Microsoft uh, product and development teams 
about their good work. Absolutely. Um, not just in our podcast, should we sing the praises, but if you have something that you love about Azure, by all means, use the yeah. feedback button and tell them how much you love it because maybe somebody else said they don't like it and uh, they need to know that somebody does like it and somebody doesn't Absolutely. like it. So they have to measure those things. And, right? and this, this particular one, what I like about this is this goes way beyond on, on what they are saying because I see a lot of value on this. Um, so we already covered on, on over here Azure Centric, for example, um, different ways that our subscriptions are important and should be designed since zero one. We had a special episode that we talk about the importance of subscriptions that we, we went very deeply on that. I had the concept uh, a series in this case, an episode that I talk about that Azure subscription as well, just to reinforce how important it is. And for example, this is something that when you apply this, uh, and even if it's public preview, you are not affecting anything. You are just collecting information in this case, right? That's correct. So it's kind of, uh, it's a bit, uh, I'm going to say sideways to our usual uh, preview warning, right? So usually we say preview, just stay well away from your production. But in this case, it doesn't actually, um, I'm going to say consume resources so much within no. uh, your production no. environment. It's about reading the data that's already collected, that's already fed in. So in this case, if you configure and you join everything in together with your different subscriptions, this can make it a lot easier to see yeah. changes. It's just a flag. And as it's you just know, a flag I, that, that you are saying that if change, please notify me. And, and that's where, that's where I, 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 was, I was saying uh, in this case, is like even on the way that, that you deploy this, is you should deploy this on a central area to just not grab all the informations across different subscriptions. That's why I'm, I'm it's one of the one of the updates we have this week that I'm really excited because I I was one of the people complaining, not complaining, saying that so, they need So let's talk about that. that for a second, right? So in in this case, because it's one of these kind of a, a kind of a weird update, a little bit, yeah. right? About where we put it because it's in preview. Where would you deploy this? So let's say we're using a shared services model. Let's talk about two models because I think that's the kind of the, the normal scenarios we see at our customers, right? So let's talk. Um, if you have a shared services, the hub and spoke subscription yeah. model, where would you deploy it? And then two if you see it broken out for prod, uh, dev, and test, and you know pre-prod, if you see the breakdown like that, um, tell me uh, where you would want to see it in that uh, scenario. So let's let's hear about your expertise in this area. This is I'm, I'm actually asking a little bit, uh, not to put you on the spot with the recording. That's okay. <laughs> but I, I am curious about no. uh, where you would like to see it. So Absolutely. I, I feel like I know for the first one, but the second one is really what's on my mind. It's it's like the limitation that I see over here is I, I, I try to tend to put everything that I'm monitoring and, and I see the difference because all of this, the application change analysis, what it does for you is it allows you to see what everything is being changed. So I see these on two two applications. One of them is uh, when people like you and me are coming into organization 
and we build all of that infrastructure, right? And we build all of the uh, role-based access control, permissions, access, all of those things, right? And now we are passing mm -hmm. that to, to operations, okay? So now we are operationalizing the environment and we, first of all, need to know if everything is okay. So by, and they should go on any type of tests, any type of, of, of that, and we can see if they were able or not to change. This is a very good way to, to, to use application change analysis, for example, right? The other one is, um, for example, for audit purposes. Uh, so if you really want, you are in production and you have this environment, you need to know who, when, and what change, okay? For different reasons. Could be for audit purpose on the way that you really need something happen, you need to know. Or in another area that is related to, to, to the first one that I was talking about, but it's like you change something on one, right? And let me point to the camera. You change something on one, but the effect now it's huge. And now you need to know yeah. what is affected this huge part. And by the application science analysis, it's where you're coming from. It's where you get that information. Where you should place this? On a central location that you have access to every single one of the other subscription. So on a hub and spoke, you should, you should place, in this case, all of this configuration on this case on the hub. Because you don't need everyone to access. Okay, usually, if it, even if there is any issue in the environment, you need the administrators to go in to have access. This is not for every single one to access these kind of things because they don't need to know what is being changed. Okay. No. So this would this would be a subset of your your security team or your IT team, exactly. in some you know, depending on how you exactly. set up. And uh, certainly, we wouldn't put this out to anybody and everybody that logs into your Azure portal because you may have many, many administrators, yes. right? But uh, yeah, I like I like what you're saying with that, and you're right because this is about looking at those delta changes. And I used to use a tool years ago, um, a non-Microsoft tool that would uh, bring a, a, a change screen like this up, but it was for tracking on workstations. And uh, it would scan the workstations and then, uh, you know, present kind of like a weekly delta change in software. One of the things that I feel detracted from that was you would see things like Windows updates mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And it was a bit difficult to yes. customize. This is, uh, this is my memory of that tool, yes. but yeah. way better. Uh, it's this, just spread uh, you know, to like different resources because you have exactly the same yeah. on, on, a pa on patches, for example, what what has been the patch being updated? You have all of those tools for years. In this case, this has been brought to the entire Azure world that all the resources it's available there, right? And that's the part that exactly. I like about this. Yeah, and it's big because you'll see those changes because we may not see uh, something um, uh, impact from that change today. It might take a while, it might be a couple of weeks until somebody runs a process in an application again. <laughs> yes. And all of a sudden you go, oh my gosh, what the heck is going yeah. on? But uh, now we have a, a, an audit log, a change trail to rely yeah. on for that. So 
Yeah, very so good. So moving on to the one of the now it's become a a a, 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 a normal one to, to speak about on all of our basically episodes. It's about Azure Automation. I think it's one of the services mm-hmm. that is growing or is spreading across different regions tremendously. Every single episode almost, we are talking about this. Uh, even if you can quantify the top uh, features or the top services that they are, that we are talking all the time, I think this is probably, if it's not the top one, yeah. it's top two. Uh, Azure Automation, oh, it's, there, it? it's now available on our friends at the United United Arab Emirates. Now I got my lesson north. north. Yes, exactly. Yeah, they're north, uh, north, north region. region. Yeah, and it, you're right because uh, this is definitely one of our frequent flyers. But uh, it's important that we also do see it in here on a regular basis with the updates because it's really one of the underlying services that powers other features exactly. in Azure. Right. So. Uh, you know, the the easiest and cheesiest, I think, is uh, like the uh, alerting, yeah. right? So uh, we're going to be using a little bit of uh, automation for monitoring and alerting, things like that. I think of run books and schedules and things like that. So automation is really one of the ones that just powers everything else that we love about yeah. Azure. But without the automation service, um, we have to jump to a different region yeah. that does support it. So we may have increased costs. So Congratulations, UAE North. Customers. Exactly. <laughs> and have, talking about you know regions, Azure Automation. Talking about regions, and this is a very good segue to the next one, is our friends at wow. Chile. Um, mm-hmm. uh, they will get this is in in development. They will get the region uh, established. Microsoft established a, or want to establish a new data center region in Chile, and this announce was really cool i was really happy because i had a very good friend of mine mvp as well um that is is in chile and he was out of his world knowing that now they will have a region and this is part of the well, transformer chile big deal, right? yeah it's big for them it's big for them yeah and this yeah so this is this is part of the bigger uh bigger um movement yes right which is uh, Transforma Chile. Yes. And uh, really, it's, it's a big uh, program in conjunction with Chile and Microsoft and probably other partners as well, right? But uh, they're building the data center region, but they're going, to, uh, they're going to be employing like tens and tens of thousands of people. And I believe in the article here, they talk about reaching 180,000 Chileans. Yeah. That is a, putting a lot of people to work. It does. And uh, more, it's more than that because it's the after effects, right? So one of the things that you and I are both a bit passionate about, um, you know, my, uh, my little uh, rebuild project this past summer had some solar components to it. And uh, you're getting into that as well. And uh, we have a bit of a passion for renewables, right? Uh, you know, not just energy, but things that are sustainable and all that yeah, stuff. Of course. So I want to do stuff more than just today. I want to do it tomorrow too. So we have to think about what our impact is. And Microsoft really has a full culture of renewable resources. Uh, More than that, they've committed to saying that uh, they're going to be carbon neutral. So 
uh, I think we were talking uh, yeah. before we said uh, Denmark, I think, was the, the previous announcement for a data center region. They were going to add a new one. 100% renewable energy. 100%. So what are they going to do with the Chile region, my friend? Is it going to be all, uh, you know, based on uh, coal and uh, burning dinosaurs and things? Or what are we doing with this? <laughs> it's 100% uh, <laughs> supply, in this case, renewable energy. Uh, this is the new policy of, of data centers. But what is what I like about this is just to see that, oh, you think, oh, but it's Chile, it's a small country and everything else. Uh, it's not that it's a huge impact for them because and that's the part that mm -hmm. I was talking about. And, and my friend present me with, with the announcement uh, that was in this case kind of a month ago in December time frame that they were talking about this this uh, situation in Chile and with this investment Microsoft is investing uh, they are uh, uh, with this data center they are estimating in this case that because of this uh, data center there they will have 11.3 billion in revenue for the Chile for for the country with more with an estimate of 51,000 new jobs inside of the Chile economy. But this is not, yeah, not right. directly related to data center because we know that they Microsoft is highly these are, automated. These are the related pieces, exactly. right? So somebody has to uh, service the wind turbines or the solar panels, the water generators. And it's not only uh, that. Like all of these different It's not things, only that. Right? It's because you have now a region there your now that let's talk about technology and and, and architect architecting you have low latency you have a huge capacity of compute of compute or in this case cloud computing right besides other services uh, it's an entry point for a lot of organizations that they are in chile to get into the world uh, into the especially on the azure backbone uh, or azure or azure Absolutely. fiber so it's it's yeah, a lot and of that's that. what they're bringing to exactly. Chile, right? is that backbone is that backbone yeah and, and because of that yeah, partners other companies and all of that that's why they are preventing oh, exactly. that the, or, or predicting yeah that. so there's going to be new partners coming out of it partners uh you know microsoft partners that have uh maybe had a bit of a struggle in chile because they haven't had that low latency right so that's going to give an m365 d mark there as well for example um, no doubt because the azure data centers so uh it's going to mean email is faster uh teams uh will have much lower latency so video calls uh, like the one we take for granted here between you and i but um you know maybe they struggle a little bit with some latency yeah. problems and i remember what that was like before we had any regions in Canada. And even once we did have regions in Canada, we don't have a, a Canada West. Yeah. Um, and sometimes that can be a struggle depending on what's happening with internet infrastructure. But again, uh, extending this infrastructure into Chile, it's a, it's a it's, big deal. It's a game changer for them. It's going to really absolutely. give a bit of a, uh, a, a jump start, I guess, absolutely. really, right? So and just to finish Businesses that, that maybe didn't have anything to, uh, you know, a, a good access to compute resources at a low Absolutely. cost. Uh, I, if I know Microsoft and uh, uh, I don't, <laughs> but, but I, I feel like they'll probably offer some incentives for new business oh, yeah. or young businesses 
uh, wanting to join Azure. We've seen it before. We've seen those different, you know, migration sponsorships and things like that. So uh, I, I'd be willing to bet we'll see some of that happening in Chile. So that's yeah. really, uh, really awesome. Congratulations for your friend. It's so exciting. I remember how exciting it was. For us, for Canada, exactly. It's, Canada. That's the part that I was saying, just to finalize the, the, this topic, is we were exciting. I, I was like, I think we were, we even went out of dinner, if I not, if I remember correctly, just celebrate that Azure was coming to Canada with two regions. And just to add that, Mm-hmm. This is, if I'm not mistaken, the second region in South America, because so far they only have Brazil South. That's right. So they don't have right. any other region in Azure in South America. So again, it's really, really excited. Moving on and now going to a little bit more to uh, we'd always talk about monitoring uh, cross resource queries between Azure Monitor and Azure Data Explorer in public preview. Um, yeah. Do you want to explore that? I can try a little <laughs> bit. Yeah. So um, the, this one, Azure Monitor, I've never. I don't want to put Azure. you on the spot, but it, like you said, <laughs> uh, kind of a payback. <laughs> well, maybe a little bit. Okay. I might have bit that one off earlier. That's good. <laughs> So, so this one's actually really cool. And uh, when we talked about this one earlier this week, it was really fun because uh, this is kind of the extension, right? So the, the cross-service query between uh, Azure Monitor and Data Explorer is going to allow deeper investigation of issues. So uh, one of the things we were both kind of excited about was the, uh, the ability to export the, uh, the the logs, right? So uh, now we can join in things. So, so we'll have sometimes uh, not everything is in one spot if we don't have it all joined to Sentinel. So uh, if you're not aggregating everything in an interface already with Sentinel, this is kind of part of the way there, but this is also part of your investigation when you're using yeah. Sentinel. So you can now export that uh, that query and it allows you to bridge between Monitor and Data Explorer. So you can uh, use that to kind of exploit uh, a little bit deeper investigation, store the data, and dig down into it a little bit, you know, import it to another tool or go manual if that's uh, what you're going to do. And we've talked before about security experts. And, uh, you know, I lean on them heavily. I know you do as well uh, in, you know, different uh, expertise situations because, so I, it never ceases to amaze me when uh, when somebody opens up a log for like a firewall or something and they just look at the raw log and they understand exactly what's going on. That is very impressive to me because it's, uh, you know, the human computer really at work. And uh, sorry for the sidetrack on that one, but I just thought yeah. it was really cool. So shout out to the security professionals uh, there. Thank you so much for supporting us because it's not easy no, these days. Not. We have a lot of compromises, yeah. Yeah. right? And yeah. Uh, I think one of the things that uh, we talked about earlier with this was uh, it's another way to help support some of the uh, findings that have been coming out of the whole solar winds exploit. Um, I know major companies have been fighting this, and certainly Microsoft uh, publicly disclosed that they too have been fighting this battle. But not only have they been, uh, you know, uh, fighting through that on their own, they've also been releasing tools uh, to help support you yeah. with. Uh, yeah, exactly, to help support everybody. Yeah. So um, Sentinel has uh, a couple of tools that can really help track down uh, post 
compromise issues, lingering issues and ongoing, and they're keeping them updated. There was already, I believe, two updates to it. So um, really cool stuff. So if you do have solar winds in your environment, or you did, you still need to do a lot of threat hunting yeah. and a lot of data yeah. collecting. So here, uh, the reason I'm you know, chatting on about that is because the cross-resource query support, though in public preview, is still a good way to help uh, bridge yeah. those gaps. So the more data we can collect, the more we can look into that data, the more we're going to be able to track down those different compromises and resolve exactly. Them. And one of the one another highlight that I want to bring on this is is the ability for you uh, in this case of all of those queries that you're doing cross uh, resource resources, right? The possibility of exporting those into a, an Azure storage account, an Azure Blob storage account, mm -hmm. and then go deeper on that because a lot of those logs sometimes you want some time for example a period of time and you are consuming those resources uh, a lot of times on your log analytics and everything else you want a deeper analysis or even that you want to run a different type of tool that is not integrated with for example azure monitor um, and but although if you make accessible that blob storage you will are able to, to, to do it. One example, for example, like you mentioned in Sentinel, you really want to see what's going on with that particular logs combined with different types of sources, right? And this could and this exactly. and this could be could be one of them. That's the part that I like on these on these updates. Uh, again, in public preview, right? Absolutely, yeah. It's really important. I'm sorry, I had to shift around my hip. That's okay. Thing, That's okay. I'm going, I, I'm, I'm going to use that segue to just move to the next one. Azure Health Bot Perfect. in GA now. And this is yeah. this is another one that is really, uh, in this case, important. Uh, and the reason why is it's we are living in this, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So we've talked about this before. Yes. And this is kind of the extension of that, right? Um, the next step, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I'm going to come in for the one two punch on the companion to this. So, I'm just going to give you the heads up ahead of time. <laughs> <laughs> but, but uh, this is really important stuff because uh, the, the, the AI and the machine learning, all those things we've talked about in this hour already, this supports things like the healthcare chatbot. And uh, this is, uh, I feel strongly about this. I've, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Uh, this is part of what I feel is Microsoft's commitment that they've made uh, in community and being a responsible organization, helping healthcare professionals get back to work and stay at work. So they don't have to sit on uh, you know, a chat system and answer questions. We can put a chat bot in charge of that. And uh, if I know you, you're gonna pull up some numbers yes. for me. And Back me up on what that a, one. Yeah, but. and and like 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 we already um, going to talk about it. This is coming in something that Microsoft used the, or adapt during the current situation of the world to create what's called the Microsoft Healthcare. Uh, in this case, or the mm -hmm. Azure Healthcare. So Azure Healthcare Cloud. So basically, uh, the Azure bot. What impresses me is there is a. a, a um, a way deeper blog, like you mentioned, um, on the same time frame, although 
it's related to the announcement of the Azure Health Boat uh, Outbot. So what does that mean? Means that at the beginning of the year, Microsoft released, like you mentioned, the Microsoft Healthcare Bot. But that Healthcare Bot, you can deploy it right on your organization to just helping you depending on the healthcare. So by different countries. Uh, so it's been used by 25 countries, over deliver 1 million messages, over 80 million people. It's incredible, the numbers. Um, but they've been deploying these on different ways. With the Azure Health Bot, inside of the Azure Healthcare Cloud, following all the IPA uh, um, uh, recommendations and all the IPA regulations, um, with an SLA of 99.9 .9 in this case, they are moving this as an Azure service. And now we will see this even grow even more. Uh, because Absolutely. the way that you can adapt this to your application or to your infrastructure and doing it's now an Azure service. And they already yeah. announced that um, in this case, it's moving to Azure service, furthering empower organizations um, on, on using the Azure Enhanced tooling and all of that security. And they built already um, and I, I would like to, to, to read what they say on this blog because I think it's really important is additionally, we continuing to bring new capabilities to Azure Health Bot, such as new templates for checking eligibility for COVID-19 vaccines and providing answers to related questions. Because now that the, all the world is being vaccinated, and now that especially here in North America or in Canada that we are we are on the flu season, a lot of times we have some uh, some symptoms that they are very similar from the flu and the COVID. And if that can Absolutely. be addressed by this, not loading even more our healthcare system or the healthcare system of your region, country, whatever it is. Uh, that that you guys having, it's gonna help because we need as a, as citizens, as a, as a patients, we need guidance. I don't know if what I'm feeling is going to be trigger in this case as a, as as an emergency or not. And instead of going uh, on the on the path uh, of flooding the emergencies with non-emergency stuff. Um, at least I have something that, yes, it's it's robotic, but it's been input by healthcare professionals, right? That's the part that I like. Absolutely, right? So uh, I agree. So one of the cool things is, um, you know, they use these chat bots and they're fully HIPAA compliant, like you said. So everything is nice and secure. It's operating within Azure Healthcare, which, you know, we've talked about secure computing. There's lots of different, um, you know, technologies within Azure supporting Azure Healthcare, and then, uh, you know, supporting um, Azure Health Bot. So the ability to uh, deploy uh, with just a few clicks, essentially, um, the vaccine uh, eligibility chatbot, you can do COVID-19 triage, like they've added all of these templates yeah. in that make it so much easier for healthcare professionals to do healthcare 
and instead of sitting in a in a technical chat and answering questions from you and me about you know I have a cough, uh, do I have am, am I going to die or do I uh, just need to you know have a, a cup of tea and relax? <laughs> because it is stressful. It's a stressful time still in society, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Um, you know, not to make light of it or anything. Um, you know, we joke you and I about uh, you know well cough or sneeze or something, and it's like no unclean. But uh, yeah, <laughs> it's not because we, we, we cough that we, now we need to do the test or because we have one exactly. day fever that we need to run and do the test uh, because we have to remember that if we are doing a test, we might take a place for someone that really needs that. That may be very sick. Yeah. So checking in with a chat bot is a really cool way to help reduce Absolutely. our impact on uh, resources critical resources, maybe I should yes. say. But uh, nonetheless, uh, Azure Healthcare is really rapidly expanding. And the, I feel like Microsoft is really living true to their commitment that they wanted to help improve and they wanted to give back to the community with Absolutely. this, right? So I think uh, this is a really neat way. And you know, they're not saying that's what they're doing. They're just offering the services, yeah. right? But uh, I see it as that. It's just my interpretation. But, you know, like we've said before, this is uh, our personal opinions. That's my personal opinion. Uh, we're not endorsing anybody. We're not endorsed by anybody. Of course not. Uh, we're just a couple of crazy guys. We are not professional healthcare. We are just professional <laughs> IT. It is because Cloud Azure, uh, uh, more more like it. Yeah. Absolutely. Exactly. Yes. So if you have healthcare problems, uh, certainly, you know, seek medical attention in your normal region, wherever you are. And if you feel it's an emergency, then exactly. treat it like that, you know, call 911 or go to your emergency room, whatever you need to do. But if you have lesser symptoms and you would say like, and I know here in Alberta, we phone, uh, I think it's 811. Uh, to be honest, my wife takes care of me. So I'm I don't actually know the number. I think it's 811, but we can talk to a nurse and ask and say, you know, hey, I'm not feeling good. I have these symptoms, uh, you know, and just have a, a conversation with somebody who's really smart about healthcare. So, um, yeah. you know, the chat bot is kind of the front line in front of that so that the nurses are a little bit less cool. busy. I think it's just really good because it's keeping nurses helping the sick people instead of uh, me chatting in and asking about, hey, I have a cough and an upset stomach. Uh, you know, do I need to go and get a COVID-19 test? Nope. Uh, just stay home and, you know, absolutely uh, take two of these and call me in the morning kind of an idea. Okay. <laughs> right. Moving on to the next update. Um, activity log alerts. Change in description property in the alert payload now in development. This is a nice one. Again, Azure Monitor um, changing again. And, and this is more like um, an adaptation, not an adaptation, it's more like uh, the way that Azure is been um, going forward with the openness in this case and the interoperability between different systems. So just to give yes. you a context of, of that is um, on the activity log alerts, we used to have a description, right? And that description used to be the activity log alert rule um, that used to be on that description. Uh, although the description could be anything that you wanted, right? What they are doing is the description is being used on other systems um, for this um, activity log alert rule. Um, 
and and because of that microsoft is is adjusting this so they create a new activity log event description property or field that they will have what's called the activity log alert rule name in this case inside of that description field leaving the description to what it needs to be there so and this is they already said that they're going to flip the switch on april 1st 2021 so in about a few months although they are already announcing that that they already make that change so if you go into your existing rules existing active log alerts rules you will see the new field available and you will see that they will be uh, with the same information as the description but moving on on april 1st they will uh, they will starting to only use that and this is to just make sense for all the the uh, the identity in this case to proactively be notified in this case on all the users that you're using right yeah so it's it's good because we're getting kind of three months yeah. notice on it right and uh, it's going to allow everybody to go in and update so you can uh, i you know me i always think of updates in two ways when it comes to the rules uh, one, you can edit your existing rule, um, which sometimes you don't want to do because you may not know the impact. Um, you may want to create a new rule uh, with the new uh, conditions, the new field, and uh, then flip things yeah. over to using that new rule. Yeah. Um, that way, when something doesn't work, uh, you haven't impacted your whole uh, set of integrations, Absolutely. just yeah. one thing, and it's only one yeah. at a time. Um, so that said, Yes, uh, go in. It's going to impact. Uh, I think in the article they talk about you know make sure you check that your your action rules, webhooks, logic apps, and all other configurations. So uh, monitoring can have a lot of integrations, yeah. especially going out to different uh, ticketing systems, paging things like that. So there could be potentially lots yeah. of people that need to get some updates done this quarter. Exactly. <laughs> for that. And this is only. I, I just want to reinforce one thing: is this is only apply like for all the things that that you mentioned andrew uh, and i'm going to say again alert rules action rules webhooks logical apps or any other configuration where you are using the description property or field to just mm -hmm. uh trigger or to just work you need to replace that with the activity log event description like you mentioned the best way to do it is copy this case the rule that you have or duplicate the rule that that you have change that field or change that property to the active log event description uh, and you should do that before the april 1st and you are tested of course and everything is okay you can even discommission right now it's not because this is in development yeah. that you're doing because from now on um in this year do you already have that field available there? So please do that before the April 1st, because I have no problem coming to you or me and Andrew and say, yes, we need to change the rules uh, because you are using the description field and because you are not going. It's going to, I'm going to blog about this to how you can do that. Um, and I'm sure that, that Andrew is going to do that the same. Um, but uh, it's just a matter of to notify you is Azure that is notifying us 
to achieving that, right? Absolutely, yeah. And it's nice because we get a little bit of notice with this one. It's not uh, super urgent, although it is very important because it's monitoring. And uh, monitoring is, uh, I always consider that one of my critical services. Because yeah. um, without it, we don't know when other critical services go down. <laughs> Again. So we could have... We could have a little bit of a hot pot problem there. So, uh, yeah, let's not worry about that today, though. So we have, uh, I think, one more update to talk about, right? Absolutely. So, uh, we have something kind of cool. So the built-in Azure policy support for NSG flow logs is now available. Yes. So uh, I think you and I chatted quickly about this one uh, earlier, and uh, we were kind of excited about uh, how this is really the next step and it's going to make uh, aggregation of logs again uh, one step closer to perfection, yes. right? So it helps us to uh, bring uh, the the NSG. So uh, I'll remember this time. I'll break that down. Network security group, <laughs> uh, the logging from the network security group, the NSGs, uh, into uh, your your other systems if yeah. you need, right? So. Uh, the audit policy, so the flag NSGs without flow logs enabled, and then also deploy if not exists policy, enable flow logs on NSGs where that is disabled. Yeah. So uh, out of the article, it is really cool. There's actually a tutorial link uh, for yeah. it. And uh, again, uh, Microsoft does just an absolutely amazing job of providing learning resources, emphasis on learn or Microsoft Learn, which is part of Docs yeah. now. So uh, there's, a, there's, there's a lot of support within Microsoft. You know, we talked already today about community and giving back. Uh, Microsoft has a very big uh, learning emphasis uh, as a culture, I feel. Yeah. Um, not just a couple of departments that support it, but certainly there's more than one department building uh, documentation. And I think uh, this week on Twitter, I saw... Uh, there was a couple cool changes with that uh, too. I think you're you're smiling a little bit. I think you know what I'm Ed, uh, uh, maybe hinting yeah. at. Some cool people came on board to Microsoft to produce uh, more documentation and learning material. Um, amazing stuff. The world's really evolving, yeah. and uh, this is part of that, right? So the NSG flow logs is now uh, in GA, yeah. which means go ahead. Uh, it's in your production tenant and you can and use it. Just, just to go a step back on this, uh, this is something that they announced in February last year. Um, in this case, February 2020, so almost a year ago. Um, mm -hmm. And this is something that um, the flow logs, what it is, is, um, is nothing more than is a feature of the Azure Network Watcher that allows you to log in form about your IP traffic flowing through the NSG. So NSG is nothing more than, to be very honest, a, a, a layer for kind of a very simple firewall uh, to just control the traffic between east to west. So basically it's not a, a, a complete firewall or, or a layer seven firewall application firewall. For that you have Azure firewall and other ones as well. But it, it does the basic yeah, yeah. stuff of controlling up to the protocol and the port. Um, and it's really cool because now you can uh, even even using the flow that was on 2000, or in this case on February 2010, NSGs goes back on that, goes way back, right? So even 
on deploying this by a policy now allows you to have what is being enabled or not because it's it's just not going there on NSGs manually or not it's not what we are saying and go there and 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 flip in this case or enable the flop the 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 flow locks right that's true yeah. you have to see it yeah. you have to use it it's not like oh let's generate more data if we are not doing that it's really cool we can make now with policies the part that i like about this is you have two ways to do the the the, the policy azure policy on the audit policy or an enforced one and if you are not if you are audit policy basically what you're doing is a report saying hey you are either compliant or not compliant this could be something that you want to control for example on your production environment but doesn't make any sense on your test environment or on your uh, uh, um, in this case uh, development environment for example uh, but on your production you really want to know what is being trafficking to uh, into that NSG and out of that NSG that could be something that you can feed your sentinel for example uh, with that information to grab more data in in how is is going forward uh, and even attach that to the ATP and now I'm just imaginating here uh, on feeding that with ATP as well and now you have a kind of uh, a, an idea what's going on with that uh, NSG right for example yeah well it's it's part of that yes, picture, exactly. right? so it's just uh, it's another step it's another layer and the more data we aggregate into tools like Sentinel, the better they uh, they can tell us Absolutely. about things. But like you were saying, uh, yeah, the Azure policy support is very good because um, I think you know we don't want to go in and touch you know many hundreds of uh, NSGs if your environment has that. You know we've seen some that have two and some that have you know two hundred. So uh, whatever your organization size is, it, you know, it's not always representative of how many NSGs yeah. are in your environment. It depends on how things of are course. done. So uh, if you have, let's say, 200, um, you know, we don't want to have carpal tunnel from uh, enabling this. We could use Azure policy and set this yeah. once or add a group of NSGs, uh, for example, by subscription that are uh, uh, applicable. Yeah. Right. So. Uh, we can really reduce the amount of work we have to do to enable this and uh, make sure that it's part Absolutely. of our logging. Right? And we are not saying that you should enable the flow logs on NSGs for all the NSGs, right? We are saying is if you need to, or if you need to be compliant, and you, there is tons of reasons why you should use the flow logs. Uh, but if that's not applicable for you, at least you have documented what is being turn on or turn off and if you want to enforce that then you can enforce that uh, without any problem right so yeah absolutely yeah. we come to the end of our podcast um once again it's been a privilege to be here with you andrew uh, recording our our conversation because this podcast is nothing more than our conversation between you and me talking about azure at least we have something that uh, we can guide uh, us is, is the Azure part of it. Um, thank you for listening and making the time to listen to us and or watching us uh, to the YouTube channel. Um, I'm going to ask you one more time to just subscribe. Uh, 
um, help us out. <laughs> exactly. You like that button, right? I love it as well. Uh, I'm loving the animation. <laughs> I, I, that's well done, and I, I appreciate the work you put in for that. Uh, but, you know, th it, it, it does matter. Um, yeah. Let us know. Uh, give us some feedback, and thank you so much for joining us. Really yes. appreciate it, and thank you, Marcus, for having me. And you. I hope I can see you, or I hope we can see you on the next uh, podcast. So thank you very much, and see you next week.